3, Virginia Boulevard, Huntsville, Alabama, 35811. Or after the service, you may drop your offering off in the designated area in the back of the sanctuary. Um, There are a few events to make note of, uh, especially today, uh, the first steps in Village Kids Christmas Party. Um, And then throughout this week, on Tuesday, December 5th, at 5.30 p.m., uh, uh, men's group meets in the church house. Wednesday, December 6th, at 5 p.m., the Goodson's men's group meets in the church house. Thursday, December 7th, uh, 7 a.m., the Shipman's men's group meets at Just Love Coffee, uh, because that's Alex's favorite place, so you know that. Uh, And then Friday, December 8th, uh, at 6.30 a.m., the O'Neill's men's group uh, meets at Panera Bread. Um, These are your announcements. Please govern yourselves accordingly. Well, good morning, Village Church. Good morning. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I have some special friends who are going to help me with um, worship, help lead us in worship this morning. So can I have my special friends come up? Come on, walk up. Give these babies a hand.
stand for our call to worship? Good morning. O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Please, thank you. Please, you may be seated.
Father, we thank you for um, the songs of our village kids to help lead us into worship today. We thank you that because of Christ, Lord, we are standing on your promises. And that in Christ, all your promises are yes and amen. And so, Lord, on this first Sunday of Advent, we, we thank you that you saw fit to send your only beloved son to be born of the Virgin Mary, a baby to be born to be sacrificed for all of our sins. Christmas is a, a joy for us, but not necessarily for, for baby Jesus. Because he came for, here for a mission. And that mission was to complete the work that you gave him, and that was the work of redemption. That was the work of, of atoning for all of our sins, being that sacrificial lamb, nailing all of our sins to that old rugged cross, past, present, and future. And because of him, Lord, we can rejoice, and because of him, we can celebrate and, and remember his, his first coming and also you know, have the anticipation of his second coming when he will return with power and glory and as judge. So, Lord, no matter what we have going on this week, we, there are still things that have happened in our life this week in which we can say thank you. There are still things that, that we have going on in our life which we can be grateful for. Regardless of the ups and downs, regardless if, if things are not going the way we want them to go so far this month, maybe this year we're in in a way that we didn't think it would end, but we're still here, Lord. You've still been faithful. And so I, I pray that you will help us to remember all the ways in which you have been good, not so that we can just deny all the things that's wrong, but Lord, so that we can celebrate and not just live in a downcast spirit, in the spirit of negativity. But, Lord, so that we can remain hopeful, Lord. That as Christians, Lord, you, you give us real peace and real joy and real love and, and real hope. And, and, and I pray that, that these will be things that we are actually experiencing on, on this side of heaven right now in the places where we do life. Lord. Pray that you will minister to our emotions, to our mental health, to our disappointments, to our frustrations. Help us to see the places where goodness is landing in our life because you've been faithful. Where have you been good this week? To us. Let us acknowledge that. Let us be able to verbalize it. So, Holy Spirit, thank you for this day. Thank you for this gathering of, of saints that we can come and, and worship together as brothers and sisters in the Lord. Thank you for always being good and always being faithful. And I pray for all of this in Christ's name. Amen. We're now going to have a Advent reading and the lighting of the first Advent candle by our sister Aaliyah.
for today will be from Jeremiah 36, verse 14 through 16. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days, at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord our righteous Savior. Today, we light the candle of expectation and hope. May it remind each and every one of us. Remind each and every one of us that of God's great promise of us. He is our hope. He is our redeemer. He is our savior.
I just want to say that I, for one, am going to really miss that beautiful voice of patience up here. All right, will you please stand for the reading of the word, if you are able. We'll be reading from John 6, 22 through 40. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there <coughs> saw that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near and place uh, near the place where they had uh, eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boat and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because, of, because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which, of son, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has, sent, has, has set high, high seals. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what signs do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. But I see it, I say to you, to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in me and believes in him shall have eternal life. I will raise him up on the last day. This is the word of God. You may be seated. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for all the things that you have done for us. We just want to thank you for all these little ones, and we just ask that you would raise them up in your will and your way. In today's world, so many children are getting to the point where they're going off to college and they're forgetting all, all of what they learned throughout the, uh, of their upbringing in the church. So we just ask, Lord, that you would 
should place a seal on our children and help them to continue to walk in your word as they grow and develop. We thank you for all the children that you have given us, and we just ask that you will continue to give us the guidance to help to raise them on a biblical foundation and to, and to continue to just live in your word and to be an example for them. We just thank you for all that you do, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning again, Saints. How are y'all? Good. We are going to welcome two new members uh, today to our church body. Uh, that is uh, Luke and Ashley. They both have went through our new members class and also had their interviews with the elders and women shepherds. So I would like to invite Luke and Ashley up front and their son Wilder. Y'all can clap. So our Inner the Village class is basically our inquirer's class for those who want to learn more about the Village Church. And the class is set up with membership vows. And so it's five membership vows that we ask all members to take. And so the whole new members class is set up around those vows. So I'm going to ask you all those vows. And can you respond with, with yes? One, do you acknowledge yourselves to be sinners in the sight of God, justly deserving his displeasure and without hope saving his sovereign mercy? Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God and the Savior of sinners? And do you receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he is offered in the gospel? Do you now resolve and promise in humble reliance upon the grace of the Holy Spirit that you will endeavor to live as become followers of Christ? Do you promise to support the church in its work, worship and work to the best of your ability? Do you submit yourselves to the government and discipline of the church and promise the study of purity and peace? So, welcome to the PVC. <laughs> Please get on the right hand of fellowship after the service, y'all.
y'all stand up and, and greet one another, please. Stand up and greet one another, if you're able. Say hey to your neighbor. Spend a few moments. Well, Pastor Alex, get his fan ready. Yeah. Good, good. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right, greeting time's over. <laughs> I hope each of you had a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving, uh, celebrating with family and friends. My family and I had a, a great time celebrating with our relatives back in Georgia. Uh, the trip was amazing, and I'm so grateful for such a wonderful uh, experience. Had a really good time. Now I have a question for y'all. Does anyone know what today is what's the what the day it is today? Yes, whoever said first day of Advent is correct. You win the prize, Ashley. Advent is, today is the first Sunday of Advent, and Advent means coming. And during Advent, uh, Christians celebrate the first coming and anticipates the second coming of Christ. So we celebrate his first coming, 
and we also anticipate his second coming. That is why we celebrate Advent. And this year's Advent series is titled The Great I Am. The Great I Am. Jesus is the great I am in the flesh. Jesus is the great I am in the flesh. And this series will focus on a few of his I am statements in the Gospel of John. We're going to begin looking at one of those statements today in John chapter 6. I know in your worship guide, the, the sermon text says 40, 22 through 40. Well, we're not going to get through all those verses today, so it's going to be verses 22 through 29. The sermon text is verses 22 through 29. And the title of this sermon is, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. He's born into this world as a bread of life. But do we believe it? Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, you don't become the bread of life. You are born into this world already the bread of life. Humanity, we're the ones that grow into our awareness of that fact and truth. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, as we continue with our service, as we work through the text today, that you will help each of us be able to glean what we need to glean from this word and that you, our counselor and and, and the one who leads us into all truth, the the one who is our advocate, that you will take the the preached word and apply it to our hearts and to our minds and, and to our relationships and into every area of our life. So I pray that, that we will have humble hearts, that you will give us humble hearts and teachable minds. And Lord, I pray for all this in Christ's wonderful name. Amen. Ms. Carver is a seventh grade English teacher, language arts teacher. And she once gave her students a Christmas writing assignment. Each student had to write about their thoughts on the Christmas spirit. What are their thoughts on the Christmas spirit? One student named Kayla wrote, she says, Someone that is full with the Christmas spirit is very kind and joyful towards others. Also, they are very appreciative and grateful for the people around them. They are very loving and nice towards others to the point where it rubs off on other people. So what are your thoughts on the Christmas spirit? Are you filled with the Christmas spirit? Or are you an Ebenezer Scrooge? I hate Christmas. Which one are you? Young Kayla is correct. The Christmas spirit is about love and and kindness and and joy and gratefulness. It's also about peace and, and hope. Christmas is a time where people may have some experience or encounter uh, with Jesus. For for everything the Christmas spirit represents is perfectly wrapped up in who Jesus is. In a nice little red bow. For this whole month, people will have what I call a 31-day satisfactory experience with Jesus. I.e., the Christmas spirit. The Christmas spirit. 
And similarly, the, the crowd in the text today, they, they also had a, a satisfactory experience with, with Jesus. They de, and, they have a, and their desire to now find him is fueled by that experience. People are like, hurry up, get on the boat, y'all. We got to go find Jesus. He might be on the other side of the sea. Well, let's go. So they sail towards a, a fishing village named Capernaum, and they're excited about Jesus, filled with the so-called Christmas spirit. And once ashore, the search for Jesus begins. Let's scatter and report back here when you find him. And so they say, does anyone see him? And one person says, I see him, I see him, I think he's in the synagogue. So let's go to the synagogue. And so go to Jesus there, and eventually they, they reach him, and then they say to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? How long have you been on, on this side of the sea? I mean, we've been searching for you all morning. Are they searching for Jesus because he is the prophet who is to come into the world? Things that they said the day before. Are they seeking him because they still want to make him king over them? What does Jesus think? Well, why does he think they've sailed all the way from Tiberias to, to Capernaum to, to searching for him? Well, Jesus, he bypasses the question. And he offers them a self-reprimand, which brings to light their true motives for seeking him. They're seeking him because of hungry stomachs, because of hunger pains, because they have the munchies. He says, truly, truly, I, I say to you right now, I say to you, you, you are seeking me right now, not because you have saw the signs, but because y'all ate the loaves and had all y'all wanted to eat. His reprimand points them back to what they experienced a day earlier on the other side of the sea back in Tiberias. They, they experienced one of Jesus' greatest signs and, and the miracles. Do, do y'all know what sign they experienced the day before? Congregation participation time. What did they experience the day before? Yes. It's when Jesus multiplied five loaves of bread and two fish. It's when he fed 5,000 people. And the 5,000, it was just men. But when you factor into the women and children, it could have been as many as 20,000 people that he fed. 20,000 people. He supernaturally fed all these image bearers with five loaves of bread and two fish. And it says each of them ate their fill. They ate as much as they want, just like we did on Thanksgiving Day. Some of us are still recovering from that. Their stomachs are filled and stuffed, and, and they all are satisfied. And this includes the people who are with Jesus in the synagogue now back in Capernaum. It includes these people who sailed all the way from Tiberias to get to Jesus on the other side. So basically, they had a first century fish fry, and it was a satisfactory experience. The hush puppies were good. The coleslaw was good. It was the best tartar sauce ever. It was an all-you-can-eat fish buffet and with leftovers. So you could have hopefully taken you a to-go-home box. Aluminum foil. Because if you go to any black cookout, the best thing is your to-go box. 
And sometimes we, we pack that box before we eat. And so they had enough food. And so they had this, these 20,000 people had all this good fish that Jesus multiplied out of five loaves of bread and two fish. I don't know where it came from, but it just kept coming. I don't understand. So they had this satisfactory experience with him. And, and here's the thing. Is a satisfactory experience with Jesus enough? Is it enough? Is being filled with the Christmas spirit for 31 days this month, is that enough? Are we just too simply satisfied with breadcrumbs of Jesus? Not all of him. TBC kids, give Pastor Alex your attention for a moment. Raise your hand if you're ready. If you're a child, raise your hand. You can be a big kid too. Raise your hand as well. Okay. What is your favorite Thanksgiving food or Christmas food? Mashed potatoes. I'm a brother-in-law's favorite too. Turkey. Yes. I hope you ate a lot of it. My wife's dressing is one of my favorites. You see, food is a necessity. We need its nutrients in order to maintain life and growth. Prince of our without food. But, but, but something happens to food over time when you don't eat it. Something happens to bread that it stays in the food pantry too long. Something happens to it. The meat and the vegetables and the fruit that you don't consume, something would eventually happen to those items. All non-perishable foods only last for a time. They eventually lose all their natural qualities. Why? Because physical food decays. Unless it's McDonald's. It, 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 it lasts forever. They must, that, that must accept the Jesus into their heart because they don't ever move. Real food, real organic food decays. It rots. It molds. And the same is true for the Christmas spirit. It don't last forever. You have 21 days left of your satisfactory experience with Jesus, and it's over because you're going to start a new year. It will pass away by the end of the month. The same is true for, for all the material possessions and things that we enjoy. Those, like technology, those things don't last forever. That's why you got to buy a new iPhone every year. It's built to fail. It's also true for your money, for your career, for your health, and even your relationships. All things. All things are, all those things are good, but yet they're perishable. We don't last forever. Things don't last forever. They eventually will pass away. And this is why Jesus tells the crowd, stop working for perishable food. Please understand, he's not, this is not a prohibition against work. Sorry, people. Sorry, kids. You still got to get a job. He's not endorsing you to go submit your two-week notice when you don't have another job lined up. Please don't do that. Please don't. You see, Jesus wants us to stop burning ourselves out trying to earn food that will pass away. Do I need to pull out the sign? What are you burning yourself out for that will eventually pass away? 
stop working yourself to death for, for temporary, satisfactory experiences that, that's like the waves in the sea. They, they will, they hear it and they're low. We have to stop being overly consumed with our physical life and our physical happiness. Overly consumed with it. Here's the thing. You don't have to be the family martyr. That ain't a spiritual gift. We can spend our time performing and producing without ever getting what we long for in this life. You just work yourself to the bone and at the end of your life, where you're going to have to show for it. You can't take none of it with you. What do you have to show for it? So let's pivot. Do you know what I mean by pivot? Let's pivot. Let's change our diet. Let's make a lifestyle change. Let's consume a different kind of food. You see, the love, the joy, the peace, and the hope that you long for is only found in a food that does not perish. I don't care who you are, Christian, non-Christian. You want love, you want peace, you want hope, you want joy. You want all those things that the Christmas spirit talks about. But there's only one kind of food that is really going to give you those things abundantly and never let you down. Because if you try to find those things in the creation, you're going to be disappointed. Finding a spouse is a good thing. But your spouse can't be the center of your happiness. can't be the center of your joy and your peace. Nor can your kids. Eventually, your kids going to leave. They're they leaving. Then there's going to be you and your spouse. So if you ain't working that stuff out, you're going to divorce when they leave. Because that's what's keeping you together, the kids. The food that produces a life that lasts forever is what Jesus is offering. And it's found in a non-perishable food. And for you young people, some of you are working, some of you are going to school, getting good grades, going to do all these things. What are you going to spend your life working for? You're going to spend your life working for what only Jesus can give you. And, you, and, and he's offering you eternal happiness, eternal food, eternal joy. All you got to do is come. He's offering you eternal life, abundant life, life unto the age. He wants you to work for food that endures to eternal life. And he's the only one that can give you this food. America has a version of that. You know what it's called? The American dream. Hope you realize that dream ain't ever going to feel you. You're never going to feel you. Look at what he tells the crowd in verse 37. He says, do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give y'all. The all the use here is plural. So Jesus is saying, we'll give y'all. For on him the Father has set his seal. God the Father has set his seal on the Son of Man. So what's happening here? Like, what point is Jesus making with these phrases of seal and, and the title son of man? Let's deal with the first. Let's deal with seal first. Seal is a, is a piece of wax or lead or other material that, that, that with an individual design stamped into it. So, for example, in 1 Kings 21, Queen Jezebel wrote a letter 
in King Ahab's name and seal and seal those letters with his seal. Then he sent those letters to some elders and city leaders. The seal on those letters came from the king as a king's approval. So a seal is a mark of authenticity for those letters because it has it bears the signet mark of the king. So it's, even though she wrote them, but because the king still is on it, it's as if the king sent them himself. That's one example. Another example is found in Exodus 28, verses 36 and 38. These verses are about the creation of a golden plate that was to be fastened on the turban that would be worn by the high priest Aaron. And engraved on this plate was, was words that says, set apart for the Lord. Holy to the Lord. Listen to what the complete Jewish Bible says. You are to make an ornament of pure gold. Engrave on it as a seal set apart for Adonai. Fasten the turban with blue cords. And on the front of the turban over Aaron's forehead. Why? Because Aaron bears the guilt for every error committed by the people of Israel in consecrating the holy gifts. This ornament is always to be on his forehead so that the gifts of Adonai will be accepted by him. The seal is a mark for distinction to be set apart. There are two more examples of this found in the Old Testament. In Jeremiah 22, verses in verse 24, the Lord described the king of Judah as being the signet ring on his right finger. The king of Judah is the signet ring on the Lord's right hand. And in Haggai 2:23, the Lord called the governor of Judah his chosen signet ring. So seal is a mark for identity. It's a mark of authorization, and it's a mark of empowerment. That's what the seal is. Now, what about the title, Son of Man? Well, it's a messianic title found in Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. You see, Daniel had a vision of one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds. The Son of Man came to the Ancient of Days. And was presented before the ancient of days. And the ancient of days gave the Son of Man dominion, glory, and a kingdom. That all peoples and nations and languages should serve this Son of Man. And and his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom is one that shall not be destroyed. So what is Jesus doing with these titles here? Jesus, God the Father, has set his seal on Christ alone. Jesus is God's signet ring. Jesus, the seal identifies Jesus as the Son of Man, the Son of God, the Christ. The Son of Man from Daniel 7, that's Jesus. The seal authenticates who Christ is. It authorizes and empowers him to complete the work the Father gave him to complete. Jesus has all dominion and glory. He has a kingdom that will never pass away. So when, when, he, when he's talking to this crowd, he's actually calling this crowd and you 
to himself. Not to the blessings he provides. Not to the signs. I'm calling you to myself. I am the one. I am the son of man. The seal is on me. The crowd then asks, what must we do to be doing the works of God? If you notice what they said, this is, this is plural. They said, what must we do to be doing the works of God? What Tell us, Jesus, are we to be like the Pharisees? Are those the works that we should be doing to be doing the works of God? Give us the list of things that we should do so that we can make sure that we are actually doing the works of God. Jesus answers to them, the single one. His answer to them is single one. It's not the works of God. This is the singular work of God that you continue to believe in him whom he has sent. This is the work of God that all of y'all continue to believe in him whom he has sent. This belief, this is faith. That's the work, faith. The, the work is trust. The work is belief. The work is dependency. The work is surrender. That's the work. Saving faith in Jesus is, is the food that endures to eternal life. You see, all that all people need is nothing. But many people don't even have that. All we need is nothing. But do we have even that? Jesus, back in the day before, back in, in the beginning of in the beginning of verse in chapter six, after Jesus multiplied the fish, guess what the people started saying about Jesus? What did they call him? Is this the prophet who is to come? And then they, they went on and said they, tr- they were going to try to make him king by force. So Jesus left because they were going to try to make him king by force. And so I want y'all to know that what Jesus is doing here with with this title, Son of Man in the Seal, what he is telling them, I'm already king. I was born a king. You can't make me something I already am. And yes, I am the prophet who is to come. And more than that, I am a priest greater than Aaron. Prophet, priest, king. That's who he is. That's what the seal authorized. That's the seal identifies him as those things. Prophet, priest, king, redeemer, savior. He's all of those things wrapped up into one God man. So he's offering you more than just a satisfactory experience with him. He's offering you a relationship with the great I am. That's what he's offering you. A relationship with the great I am. A relationship in which you can love him back. A relationship in which you can enjoy him right now. An an enjoyment that will last long when Christmas is gone this year. What is, if you get a letter in the mail from a friend or a loved one, what, what, what is the natural response? 
if you get a letter from someone that you want to get it for someone, I'm not talking about a bill collector. I'm talking about a letter from that's addressed to you and it's from someone that you know loves you. What are you going to do with that letter? You're going to open it. You're not just going to open it. You're going to read it. And oftentimes you're going to read it with a smile. Jesus is God's love letter to you. That's what Christmas is. It's God's love letter to the world. But for most people, the letter never gets opened. The card never, the Christmas card still hasn't been opened after all these years. And so you have to open the letter and read what the letter says. So if Jesus is God's love letter to you, then you got to open up that letter and you got to read the contents of that letter. And one of the things in that letter, you know what it says? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That's in that letter. You know what else is in that letter? I love you. I like you. You are mine. I enjoy your smile. I enjoy your presence. All those things are written in that letter. I came so that you may have joy and life abundantly. Or will you open the letter? It's right here. It's right here. You have it every day. The let Jesus is a letter that's meant to be open. It's meant to be read. It's meant to be obeyed. Jesus is a letter that can be known, and enjoyed, and glorified. Not because of what he gives, but because of who he is. Because of who he is. Do you love him for who he is or simply for what you think you can get from him? Who is Jesus of Nazareth to you in your own relationship with him? Who is he? Who is he? He's offering you more than just a temporary, satisfactory experience with him. He's offering you True hope, true joy, true peace, true significance, true security, true rest. He's offering you a place where you can be fully known and accepted. And that's him. That's him. A retired Baptist preacher once said this. I'm going to leave y'all with this. The critical question for our generation and for every generation is this. Could you have heaven with no sickness, with all the friends you ever had on earth, and all the food you ever liked, and all the leisure activities that you ever enjoyed, could you have heaven with all the natural beauties you've ever saw and all the physical pleasures that you ever tasted? No human conflict and no natural disasters. Could you be satisfied with heaven if Christ is not there? Let's pray.
How many of us are satisfied with having a life with Christ on the back burner of it? How often are we content with just breadcrumbs of Jesus' presence just so that we can be a little better off than we were a year ago? How many of us are going to go into this next year just wanting to be a better version of ourselves apart from Christ? Holy Spirit, I pray that you will help us to long for more than just a Christmas spirit, to long more for just a satisfactory experience with Jesus, but Lord, to really, 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 really experience him in deep and wonderful ways in the here and now. The eternal life, the life that is to come, the life that is unto the age, that life can be experienced now, right now. Not fully, but we can taste of it right now. And so my prayer for myself, my prayer for everyone that's here and those who may be tuning in, is that we will be able to see the ways in which we're tasting the goodness of the Lord. Open our eyes that we may see. Help us to remember your goodness and your faithfulness. And I pray for all of this in Christ's wonderful name. Amen. Will you please stand as we close our service?
guest today. Thank you so much for being with us. And also, thanks, welcome Luke and Ashley to the church body as uh, fellow members after the service. And also, all the village kids, we will, they will be having a Christmas party, I think, in a fellowship hall at the end of the service. Now, here's God's benediction to his beloved. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. And all God's people said, amen. Please greet one another, saints.